Hey, what's really good, man? I haven't did a Cabernet conversation in a while. I don't have no Cabernet right here with me, but I just got through getting tipsy off a good glass out and about in the streets with my lady. So on this episode, we're going to talk about some books I just purchased and some experiences I had uh, this week, this previous week. We're going to talk about the NFL draft we got to. And uh, Marlon Roy, you know what I mean? Reuniting with the Joe Button podcast. Because the Joe Button podcast is like, it's dope to me, man. And I really appreciate them boys. But with no further ado, oh, we also going to break down the song. Song of the week, Jay-Z and Nas. Uh, forgot the title. What's the title of the song? Well, man, it don't matter. Y'all know. Everybody know it's a banger, but let's get on and get to the pod. Let's do it. Chill. The Trevor Jackson Podcast. I'm living my dream. Living my dream, yeah. Came from nothing where I thought that we would be. Living my dream. Living my dream, yeah. Sorry, that's another beat. Hater still ain't recover from the other B. Mm. That's a double B. Now that's a triple B. Can't forget about the other B. Hey, hey. white gloves for me. Hater know not to touch me. I'm with the. Hey, them boys spitting on that record, man. But uh, let's get on into it, man. Today, man, early today, I had to go to the DMV, right? I ain't been to the DMV in a while, like, probably. Before the coronavirus hit or whatever, I didn't know what was going on at the DMV. So they said that you got it's only appointment only. Right. So I went Thursday and I said my appointment. Then I come back. I'm like, dang, uh, what's this line about? Like this line got about 300 people in it and everybody got an appointment. So I'm, I had an appointment for 915 a.m. They ain't let me in the door till 11 o'clock. Like they two hours behind before. They even been open for two hours. You know what I mean? I was like, man, the DMV crazy. So if you got to go to that DMV to get anything done, I just want y'all to be aware. Like, it's going to be crazy, especially if you got to go in North Carolina. But I don't know how it is everywhere else. But at DMV, done open back up and it's appointment only. And it looked like the whole city need to go to the DMV. But I remember, like, when uh, Corona first hit or whatever, DMVs was closed. They was acting crazy. Like, this state, man, it be, they be cheap on some stuff, though. But, like, when I got into the DMV, okay, and got the situation handled that I needed to get handled, when I got in there, I was like, man, it's 300 people outside, and they only got eight people in here working. Like, the government making a killing. It's people not spending 200, 300. $1,500, $7,000 on ticket citations, people uh, getting passports, you know what I mean? Wanting to fly and all type of stuff. It's like, and then I didn't see that many black and white people too. I seen a lot of foreign people, like uh, different cultural individuals at the DMV. But my DMV experience, man, was a little crucial. I just wanted to start the pod off and talk about my DMV experience, but Okay, so y'all see the name of the podcast. It's called Unapologetically Incorrect because I might be incorrect in some of my talking points, but I took uh, plenty of notes. I might be off on some of my talking points, but this week, you know what I mean? Okay, since Derek Chauvin was found guilty, 
DMX passed away. Uh, Shock G passed away. Black Rob passed away. Uh, so much death has been in the air. And, like, I'm tired of, like, reporting on death. I'm tired of highlighting death, like, death being a part of my life every day. I like living. I like life. And uh, I like being a a black man at the end of the day, even though I don't know what that means. If you can help me out in the comment section, what does black mean? Like, what does it mean to be a black man? What is a black man? So by me talking or whatever about this, I was doing some research. And I researched a couple of books. I already read a whole book. I can read a whole book in one day. I don't know how I do it, but once I'm gone into the story, uh, I'm gone. And the author of this book is, she was at the beginning of the pod. I put her on the intro. I put her visual. It's uh, Rita Walker. That's her name. I completed this book. But the books that I haven't completed, I'm going to show y'all. And I'm going to do a little bit of a. like a review of the book uh, by Rita Walker that I read. So y'all can know what y'all getting yourself into if y'all decide or y'all want to purchase one of these books, but y'all know I'm into books. I'm into reading. So the first one I'm going to show that I'm going to read next is by Dr. Joy DeGruy. I think that's how you pronounce it. Dr. Joy DeGruy, but it's called post-traumatic slave syndrome. The title caught me. You know what I'm saying? This is what it looked like. Dr. Joy DeGruy. This is what it looked like. And if you're listening to this podcast on the audio version, go to YouTube and subscribe to the channel, man, and come join the family and, and join the discussion in the comment section. But post-traumatic slave syndrome. So, it means post-trauma. They experienced trauma during slavery. And this book was written in 2020. Like, it's, uh, it's not an old book. So are we still dealing with traumas from slavery? That's what I wanted to know. Or the black race, the African-American race, still dealing with traumas from slavery that happened hundreds of years ago. I don't know, but I can kind of see it because when I look at people protesting, I look at people presenting themselves as victims. You know what I mean? We we live a victim mentality. We have victim mentality. Like I can hear people from the hood right now saying, I can't wait to get my check from the government. The government should do this. I should get more food stamps. The government paying my bills. They doing this and that. We victimize like somebody ain't doing this for me. Ain't nobody doing that for me. What are you doing for yourself besides claiming that you a victim? Like when you you given the government power by even claiming that that's who you are and that's what that's your stance in life at the moment, a victim. Like we need to quit being victims. And I know a lot of people traumatized. I, I've dealt with trauma throughout my life, like seeing people get shot and killed and just war going on. So man, trauma is real though. Trauma is real. Stress is real. Mental health is real. These things are real. And I wanted to read why in the community that I'm a part of. Why? Okay. Go get that. Post-traumatic slave syndrome. The next book that I haven't read yet. And uh, I want to get into it. I'm going to read post-traumatic slave syndrome first, though. But I just want to show you all the book that I got. 
It's by Murray Francis Winters. And I did a lot of research on her. She got interviews on YouTube and everything. And I and I listened to uh, Murray Francis Winters on YouTube speak a lot. And uh, her book is called Black Fatigue. Fatigue. We all know what fatigue means. It's like I'm tired. I'm I'm restless. I'm I'm through. I'm I'm fatigued. I'm I don't have the same energy levels that I used to. I'm fatigued. I need to get my energy back. I'm I'm fatigued as a black person. So how racism erodes the mind, body, and spirit. Mm. How racism erodes the mind, body, and spirit. So the book that I read today that I'm going to touch bases on is the Unapologetic Guide to Black Mental Health by Rita Walker. And uh, should I read a little bit in here or whatever? Let me show it to y'all first, though. The Unapologetic Guide to Black Mental Health. Go and get that, man. So she's like, it's time to reclaim your mental health. You know what I mean? It's just time to reclaim your mental health. It's time to understand why things are the way they are in the black community. So, okay. One thing that uh, I learned early in the book was it caught my attention, like about her having a child or whatever and moving out of the neighborhoods where it's predominantly black and moving into a neighborhood where it's predominantly white and doing it for school purposes. Like, if you move your child to a, a white neighborhood with all white kids, will they be socially awkward to their own people? They won't know how to communicate with their own people because they're not around them on the daily. They didn't learn the same way uh, that the people from their neighborhood learn. Or will, uh, you know what I mean? The teachers at the, the school care about my kid and be able to relate to my kid the way they can at the school that I grew up going to. So it's just tough being a parent and having a child and being black and wanting better for your child and not knowing if you take your child this direction, that that's a better option. That might not even be a better option. So, okay. Another thing, is it trauma not knowing Oh, help me out. Why majority of the time I heard my race with the victim mentality, I'm guilty of it. But I'm aware of it also, like victim mentality. Why do we have the victim mentality? I don't I don't know. But I'm going to play a part of the book. I'm going to shut up for a moment. Let y'all hear a part of the book of what she had to say in the book. Are relevant now. The author of the study, Dr. Marvin Wolfgang, speculated that there are people who, for different reasons, provoke others to kill them. They want to die, and they instigate their own murder. Wolfgang's research found that black men accounted for a higher rate of victim-precipitated homicide than they did non-victim-precipitated homicide, basically saying that black men were more likely to die in situations that they instigated than they were to die in a situation that they did not instigate. Wolfgang's research suggested many homicide deaths may be due to suicide in disguise. I highlight this preliminary research not to exonerate any perpetrator, but to expand our thinking on why we lose so many young men to violence. 
you are more powerful to intervene early and support your loved ones with this information. Black children need a place to belong in this sometimes alien culture that rejects them in subtle and not-so-subtle ways. Because of this, your sister worked hard to raise your nephew right. She did her best to help him with homework and get him involved in sports, even when she was underemployed and overworked. She prayed for him. Okay, okay, okay. That's a part of the book. And a part of the book speaks on suicide. Like the suicide rate, the levels and why we want to commit suicide and not being able to see a future in life is part of the main reason people want to commit suicide and not feeling accepted in life. Like as black individuals, sometimes we don't feel accepted. Sometimes we feel as if we have to conform. Not me. I ain't guilty of this, but I see it. I see it. I seen it as a child. Like my mom used to talk to me one way, but then when certain people called, she would put her Becky voice on. You know what I'm saying? It's just, we have to conform to be acceptable in society. Okay. So another thing of like being accepted in society, if you work in corporate America and you can't wear your hair natural, you want to be like, you want to wear your hair to be accepted amongst the community that you're involved in. Now you work at a big bank or you work in corporate America. You can't come in there with your, your big throw out, but that is who you are. And I might be unapologetically incorrect, but that's who we are, though. How we talk. Like some people say in the South, uh, we simplify things. We uh, talk like we're ignorant. But in our reality, that is really how black folks talk. And I heard individuals from New York say, I don't understand what he's saying. I don't understand, but y'all have conformed more to the England way of perceiving the language supposed to be. But in our reality, we are adopting a language. So it's not necessarily wrong if you speak it the way it's most comfortable for you to say it. It's not necessarily wrong. People can perceive it to be wrong because they have totally conformed to the England English way of speaking and they think that that's correct but that's not necessarily correct and don't never think that you're stupid because of the way you speak you're not stupid because you know what I mean I'm from the south and I speak I say words and I simplify words and hang things over it's just who I am and if you don't like it you don't have to accept me so it's just you know what I mean and then like I never reject who I am to be acceptable to others. I'm me at the end of the day. And that's just who I'm going to be. But that's my report on the books. Man, you got to go get it. The Unapologetically Guide to Black Mental Health. Black Fatigue. Post-Traumatic Slave Syndrome. I just wanted to learn more about me and my people and us, man. For real. I just wanted to learn more about us and and I never look down on my own kind and my own people because at the end of the day, I'm a reflection of you and you are a reflection of me. Okay, so DJ Khaled came out with an album. We're going to go ahead and switch topics. 15 minutes in, we done switched the topic. DJ Khaled came out with an album. And y'all know what song I'm about to talk about because 
they're gonna say, "Oh, he an old head. He talking about that. He talking about that song, that whole song, that whole and Nas. I gotta talk about it now." So I'm gonna play the song, and we're gonna review it together. We're gonna break it down. We're gonna talk about the bars and listen to the song. And we're just going to see what, you know what I'm saying, what the boys was talking about on that song because they was talking big money talking. They was talking language that I don't think a lot of people understand. Angel investments. Hmm. Sorry, don't mind me. I'm living a dream, living a dream. Yeah, came from nothing. Whoever thought that we would be living a dream, living a dream. Yeah, we the best music. Intro down there a minute. Man, they better be spit. Another one. Is that song cry? I can't see them coming down my eyes, but I gotta make the song cry. Stand near me, Silicon Valley money mixed with Henny, that's offending. Half a century almost, slice the green like a lawnmower. Till we all on, never fall off, hear a boss talk. You don't hear me, that's your loss. Winner in life, fuck a coin toss, I'm coin base. Silicon Valley money mixed with Henny. Hmm. Talking about his investments. He talking that big money talk. He talking about being involved in the tech world. We heard what Nas just recently did in Bitcoin and coin something, Coinbase. I forgot what it was, but Nas made $350 million in a day. You hear what he's talking about? Let's listen, let's listen to the verse. Basically, cryptocurrency, Scarface, join us. There's got to be more of us. I'm from the ghetto. What location? Two seconds from the devil. I live heavenly in Cabo with a Mexican sombrero. Drink heavily. Health is wealth. Look at wealth in me. Wipe your nose. History, my type of clothes. Miss me with the hate. Help so many people get cake. Whips and cream for the crew. No other weed that think fast. The time I spit this, I started some other business. Came from the pitching. Cane in the kitchen, dangerous missions, wasting your time if you want my forgiveness. Before the hook come on. Young boys and rappers, a lot of people ain't gonna appreciate that rhyme scheme and how he was putting those words together. Nas is a wordsmith and one of the greats of all time. I'm gonna go ahead and play Jay-Z verse and shut up for a minute, but I would love to see these dudes collab on a whole project. Make it happen. Not sorry, don't mind me. I'm living a dream, living a dream. Yeah, came from nothing. Whoever thought that we would be living a dream, living a dream. Yeah. 
sorry, that's another B. Haters still ain't recover from the other B. Mm. That's a double B. Now that's a triple B. Can't forget about the other B. Hey. How many billions is that? Just white gloves for me. Hater, no, not to touch me. I'm with the fuckery. Fuck with me. Humbly. Nah, respectfully. I'm a project, baby. Fuck y'all expect from me. Technically. America's disrespect for me. You killed Christ, you created religion unexpectedly. Hold up now. Y'all killed Christ, created religion unexpectedly. Hmm. Was Christ trying to keep us united? And did the people, the powers that be, create religion to keep us divided? Y'all got to catch them jewels. Circular ice on Japanese whiskey on my mezzanine. Overlooking the city of angels. The angel invested in things. Unprecedented run. <laughs> Everybody's getting bands. We just dance to different drums. I like who I become. Intermittent fasting, but these meals, I'm not missing nuts. Angel investing. I'm going to find the definition of that. But before I find the definition to angel investing and show y'all what angel investing and talk about angel investing with y'all, I got to talk about the man said intermittent fasting. But these meals, I'm not missing none. I ain't missing a million, but I'm fast. Yeah, is y'all catching the balls? He's talking about health and religion and Christianity and uh, Jesus and money and angel investing and he, I'm worth billions and his wife and all of that all in one rap. Whole 50 now. Let's go. Hold up. I don't Google angel investor. This is what Jay-Z said he is. This is the def definition of angel investor. This is what Jay-Z said he is. An angel investor is an individual who provides capital for a business startup. So that means he's putting the money down so the business can start up. Usually in exchange for convertible debt or ownership equity, angel investors usually give support to startups at the initial moments and when most investors are not prepared to back them. So I believe in you. I'm going to give you the money. But you know I got to get my cut off of it. <laughs> hey, I'm going to finish that song on now and then. We're going to go on and switch another topic because that's ridiculous. Sorry, not sorry. Don't mind me. I'm living a dream. Living a dream, yeah. Came nothing where the thought that we would be. Okay, okay, let's let's bring the conversation back up. So I'ma just I ain't gonna talk too in depth about the draft, but I know uh the draft was big, man. This was a big, it was packed with talent draft. But I'm gonna talk about the main things that I seen in the draft. And me being a 49ers fan, I'm excited about the pick that we got. And me being the world Bill Belichick and the Patriots and all the Super Bowls they got. They got Mac Jones, man. Ain't that his name? Yeah, Mac Jones. And 
Mac Jones, I don't know, like, why did the Patriots get Mac Jones if they don't want to put no weapons around nobody? Like, they don't never put weapons around. They didn't put give Tom Brady no weapons at the end of his career. Uh, Cam Newton ain't got no weapons. And uh, Mac Jones come from Alabama where he had so many weapons, he looked great. It made him look great. It made him a first-round pick because he had his three wide receivers went before him. So at the end of the day, damn, if y'all going to pick Mac Jones or y'all going to let him play behind Cam for a year and then get him some weapons, because if y'all don't get him no weapons, he's going to look crazy out there. And uh, I don't understand that unless they get him some weapons. I want to see it. I want to see the Patriots get Mac Jones some weapons and see what he he capable of. How they who the receivers on the Patriots? Let me know in the comment section. Okay, so Jimmy G and Cam, that should let y'all know how much faith the owners got in y'all because they got first round picks. Like Mac Jones went to the Patriots. Trey uh came to my Niners. Trey, I hope he be behind Jimmy G for a year, uh at least 10 games, and then come in at the right time because that's that's the type of quarterback we need. I, I seen him with the Niners. I wanted him more than Mac Jones because Mac Jones, I, I don't know yet. He he had too much talent around him, but I think the pickup for them was good. I think the Niners won. I think uh, the Patriots won in the draft. I think the Cowboys did a good job by getting that lineman from uh Penn State. I think that's college he went to, Penn State. I think the uh, they did a good job. What else I noticed? Oh, last topic, you know what I mean, on this uh, draft situation is Kyle Pitts and Julio. Lord Jesus. That's all I got to say. Kyle Pitts and Julio. Lord Jesus. So, y'all know what my favorite podcast is. We're going to talk about this, and we're going to show love to the sponsors, and we out. You know what I mean? I appreciate y'all tuning in to episode 22 of the Cabernet Conversation on the Trevor Jackson podcast. Unapologetically incorrect. Because you might find some right in this podcast. You might find some wrong in this podcast. But at the end of the day, it's unapologetically incorrect. So the Joe Bun podcast, that's my show. You know, them boys got back together. They had an episode called Shaking the Tree. Maul and Roy then came back home. Let's see what Maul had to say about the dispute. That's what I'm going to call it, the dispute. Times you need time away from something. Just stand back and just watch and just observe shit mm-hmm. and just see how shit plays out. Um, but like I said, for me, it just it's all about respect. Like, I don't care about all that other shit to me is just like, you know, layers of, of the cake. Mm-hmm. But the foundation, respect, you can't compromise that. And especially not with friends, especially not with niggas that, you know, have history and and, and you've been through things with and you, you've seen their character. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because now in days, there's so much fake shit going on. Like when you when you got real niggas in your corner and real niggas in your life, you got to, bro, keep them, man. Because these niggas out here, it's a lot of fake shit going on. True. And that's why, for, for me, that's why I said it was never about you know, the business, whatever. Like, we could work that out or we can't. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But respect, as long as respect is still in order and respect is still there, you can get through anything. You can 
there's nothing that can't be resolved as long as you respect each other. And that's why for me, it was like, yo, is this still respect here? Cool. Yes. I right, then we can we can move on. We can fix. OK, so I'm going to break down my thought process. So. Maul was speaking right there. Maul, uh, he came on the pod about episode 72, 73, something like that. He was on. He was a part of after the 70s. He became part of Joe Budden podcast. But Roy been there since the beginning. And Rory is like uh he 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 has some say so in it, but y'all gotta realize that the name is not the Maul, Rory, and Joe Budden podcast. It's the Joe Budden podcast. It's his. It got his name on it. Y'all can be replaced. But I feel like they helped grow the Joe Budden podcast. And they had some feelings towards the direction it was going. And uh, Maul just, like, when Joe, the reason that Joe told Rory to take some time, Maul said, who is you to be able to tell him that he can take some time off? If he takes some time off, I'm, I'm, I ain't coming back till he come back. So they got in a little turmoil, and they was out for a whole month. But at the end of the day, man, I hope y'all brothers get it together, man, and keep the show going because y'all got a dope thing going, man. And uh, it's been five, six, seven years y'all been on that podcast doing y'all thing, man. Y'all got to – I can't wait to listen to the one today. Hey, but I appreciate everybody tuning in to the show. Support the sponsors at the end of the show. And tell me what you think about the show, man. Peace, love, plenty of abundance. Go and get you some money. Hello, this is a Trevor Jackson podcast sponsored by Anchor app.